If you want to participate, contact me at ordinarywomenpodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you have great projects to brag about. You can also follow me and message me on Instagram at ordinarywomenpodcast, on Twitter at ordinarywomenpc, or on Facebook on the page Ordinary Women. Hello, welcome to Ordinary Women. Hello, Chinsie. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, uh, thanks a lot for having me here. Can you start by presenting yourself? Yeah, so my name is Chinsia Klem. I'm 28 years old and I'm a PhD student in London. Yeah, I'm currently finishing up my thesis and yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Great, I'm so happy to have you as well. Can you say something unusual about yourself? I was thinking about that question and I thought maybe it's quite funny how I memorize things whenever I want to keep something in mind. And my memory is quite good, so I thought that's probably a good example. I tend to think about the clothing I was wearing or other people were wearing. Oh. So it's like really random. I'm very bad at keeping notes, which I should actually as well <laughs> for my job. But I remember stuff that I did based on the clothes I was wearing, which is, or like shoes or something, or a necklace yeah. or whatever. It's really stupid. but That's yeah. so funny. Is that, yeah, but my yeah. memory is quite good compared to especially my partner's memory. Like, <laughs> but he was asking me, what's my secret? And it's literally thinking about what, what someone clothes? was, like something special if yeah. in the room someone was wearing. That's why I like to have like different colors during the week, because <laughs> that's how I organize my... I should probably just keep a journal. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Cool. Since we're here to talk about being an ordinary woman and doing cool stuff as women, was there a moment in your life when you realized that you are a woman? Um, yeah, actually, quite early when I was just a child and I went to primary school and my teacher was asking me if I'm not upset that my mum has a job and is not at home in the afternoons. And I was like, what? I remember thinking, first of all, no, I was happy that I got to watch TV unsupervised. <laughs> and my sister was there, so I was never 100% unsupervised. But I was also thinking, why do you criticize my mum with that specifically? Because my father was home earlier, so he was usually taking care of us in the afternoon. And that was the moment when I was like, why Why do people care about what my mum is doing yeah. more than... And I think it kept on going through my whole school life that people were thinking it's sad for me that my mum was working. And I, yeah, um. I never really understood that. But I think that was the moment when I was like... There is something different between my mom and dad and yeah. Oh wow. So you're from Germany. Is that yeah. a common thing in Germany for women not to work? Um, I think at least because I'm from a rural area and a lot of women just when I was young at least, most moms were stay at home moms. Because I think it's also lucky that in my area living is quite cheap, so it is possible to live with just mm. one salary or families can like sustain themselves. So yeah, I think it was quite normal, at least when I was young, to just stay at home and or at least have like just a part-time job so you're there when your child is like off from school. And in Germany you actually don't have full day school, so oh, you finish right. at once and you go home and then usually your mum would be home because yeah, okay. they would just work as well in the morning or not at all. So people were a little bit concerned that my sister and me were just staying alone at home. Oh, wow. And did you have any friend or did you know anyone who had a stay-at-home dad? Not really. At that time, mm. it was really un uh, unusual, in, at least in my area, 
Now it's much more, I think. It's just common that like sometimes the man stays as well at home. But I think still, it's more like a city thing. Like in the town okay. or like in the city close by, uh, nearby, it was more normal to have like a dad staying at home. But yeah, in my area, it's still quite uncommon for the woman being the main person that earns the money and sustains oh. the family. And did that have an impact on your professional career? So definitely. I mean, my mom was always, she was actually having her own business and my father was helping her to start her business. So from me being a child, I always saw my mom as someone to look up to. And that is just normal as a woman to work as well and to have the career you want to have <laughs> and that you don't have to be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, it's obviously, it's a decision you can make and it's yeah. not nothing against that, but... I never felt that, yeah, I have to be there 100% for children if I ever wanted to have a child. I think I grew up more open to start my own career. And did you grow up having feminine models? Yeah, so that's obviously my mum was yeah. always the big... Not even a feminine, because I thought it's just normal that a woman is doing her own career and mm -hmm. doing whatever she wants. And I grew up in a family where my father and my mum, they both shared the chores and they would both do work in the house. And it was never just a classic role model. So for me, it was actually at some point when I was a teenager, I realized that this is not the norm. And this is mm -hmm. actually quite unusual that my father's the one who's doing the laundry and who's doing all the ironing. And other parents would say, oh, this is weird. Or my friends would say their father would never, ever do anything like this what my father's doing yeah i kind of had the same experience actually because my parents are quite well at least from my point of view maybe my mom would disagree but i always saw them share the chores basically and when i grew up and started looking at statistics or hearing my friends talking then only i realized that women were doing a lot more It's good to grow up in such an environment. Yeah, I think it also gives you a nice role model. For me, it was never ever the question doing everything for yeah. my partner. I would never <laughs> even want to date a person who would be like, you're a woman, so you have to clean, you have to do everything because I'm a man, I can't do that. <laughs> no, like my father could do it. And they grew up in the 70s when, I mean, obviously the 70s were already quite free, but in Germany it was still very conservative in my area and mm. still they were raised quite open or like yeah in a feminist way although I think both of my parents aren't even aware that they're quite progressive oh that's interesting because for them it's just normal yeah for them mm. it's just how it should be yeah in a relationship your team and not yeah yeah like it's not a woman raising one more child yeah and it's also like because my mom had her own business and my father also had his job they actually are now in a position that they can look forward to their retirement and mm. they can afford things that their parents couldn't afford or they couldn't afford when they were younger so i think now they're happy that they chose uh, yeah. this way of life and did you have any other feminine role model so when I was younger, I think one thing I remember is also a teacher. She was my math teacher. And I was I was always quite good in math when I was a younger child. But then I got a horrible teacher who was like telling me, you're a girl, you can't really do much. <sighs> Obviously, white, middle-aged male person. Oh, how surprising. How surprising. But then when it came closer to my Abitur, or like my A-level equivalent in Germany, I got a young female math teacher who was super excited to actually show girls that you don't have to be a guy to understand maths. You can also, as a girl, do whatever you want to. And if you're interested in STEM or if you're interested in maths or something more computational, you can do that. And I've improved my grades 
a lot just because of her because she was making me not feel bad anymore for liking science or liking maths and although she was really young I'm really happy that she was there for me and supported me and also obviously my sister who was always someone to look up to and mm. always went her own way and now she's also her own business leader so I'm probably quite privileged to grow up with a lot of women who were quite strong around me so yeah that's very cool so important to have that type of models yeah definitely And today, do you have different or similar role models? I mean, obviously still my mom and sister mm -hmm. who are like still someone to look up to. And I still sometimes because I'm the youngest and probably have to do a little bit, go into their footsteps. Yeah, but also now I think nowadays it's more friends as well. How I see how all my friends actually develop and get their own careers. And it's so exciting that everyone is just doing what they want to do and not what society tells them. Or at least when I was younger, what society was like telling me in a way that basically education is a waste of time anyway, which is so hilarious. That people can even say that. We are like in the 21st century and people still, at least in rural Germany, believe that you should be at home at the kitchen and be there for your child and just be submissive to your husband. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But yeah. yeah, it's great that so many young women progress their careers without thinking even what other people think about them. Or Yeah, it's so, so important to have that type of representation you in a way are one more proof of that what you were saying earlier about your math teacher and now you are almost done with your phd in science yeah definitely i feel like it's just great that those people were influencing me so much that mm -hmm. i was brave enough to pursue the career i wanted to do because at some point i remember i was like a bit scared of should i start university should i move to another city should mm. i go abroad should i go do a master's after my bachelor's should i do a phd after my master's and i feel like because i knew people were believing in me and but i also saw other people doing this and being successful that i felt like i could do it And yeah, especially also in my field, there's loads of women who are also publishing great work. And it's just interesting to see and exciting to see that it's not just a male-dominated field anymore. That's so important. Cool. Well, I think it's enough talking about other people. And let's dive into your own projects. I was thinking I'm going to talk today a little bit more, not specifically about what I'm doing in my PhD, but just what in general it involves to do a PhD and maybe also motivate other girls to pursue a PhD that are still undecisive if it's too much work or if it's too much responsibility. But I think because for myself, I just grew into that position. There were so many things that made me progress by myself. And I think that's so valuable for anyone who maybe thinks about doing it. And you don't have to start off being perfect perfect at the beginning you don't have to know everything you don't have to have all the skills because you will just develop them during your career in my project I actually got the chance to do things that I never thought I would do when I started it I applied for just a project three years ago which was just doing some genomic research so mainly molecular biology based which wouldn't involve any computational part but then due to the pandemic and also that our software was breaking down it was developed by another lab and that lab didn't maintain it mm -hmm. so at some point we couldn't analyze our data anymore so I actually had to start to learn coding and learn to actually develop my own application and I never thought I could do that because I thought yeah I've studied biology I'm a biologist I'm happy with that field I can't really do anything that involves maths or any computational bit yeah that challenged me to actually really work for myself as well and also independent of my supervisor who doesn't know at least the coding language I was using he, mm. he doesn't really know it so I really had to teach myself a little bit I got obviously support from another lab member who actually studied maths so he was helping me a bit but he was actually that was really nice as well he was 
he was trying to make me learn how to do it and really saying, I want you to be the person who does this. He could have been doing it probably much faster. It would have been much easier for him. But he asked me, do you want to do it? Do you want to learn how to do app development? And I was like, yes, sure, would be great. I think that's the great thing that it showed me that I can do stuff that I never thought I would be able to do because I was never expecting that I could actually learn something like coding or something more like with computers. I'm still sometimes struggling to know how to do things with a computer. So it's not that I'm... A genius in that way. Not at all. But I feel like this really challenged me and really made me realize I can do whatever I want. It just takes some dedication. And I realized I enjoy it a lot as well. Yeah. Like, if you enjoy it, then it's a great thing to start. And I feel like just because you're taught as a girl, you're not as good as a guy in using a computer. Because, yeah, they learn it when they play computer games. You can't do that. You will never be as good. That is not true. As long as you enjoy it, as long as it's fun, you can create things that you'd never thought you could. And I think that's really important. And another part of doing my PhD, what I thought was really great was that I was able to supervise as well other students. And Mm. just recently, I actually, we sent off a publication with a collaborator, which involved the project of my master's student. She just uh, finished a few months ago and she was staying with us for, I think, six, seven months. And she was so great that she got something that is going to be published soon. And um, That's so great. It's great. And now she's pursuing as well a PhD. And I'm just happy it that is. I could... I managed to made her excited for what we're doing because she was starting in lab not knowing if she wanted to do a PhD, if, if lab work is something mm. for her. She's never worked in a lab before. And not only she managed to get like a successful project out of it that's going to be part of a publication soon. She also really loved science so much that she wants to stay in the subject and she wants to do her own PhD and as well start her own career. And I'm just so happy that I could be part of that. And yeah, yeah, she literally thanked me as well for being a good supervisor. And I'm proud that I I felt like I really had the proud mom moment that probably my (laughs) mom had when I started being independent and started studying. Yeah, you were the, the feminine role model for her in a way. Yeah, or just, we were just friends and I think Mm. that's the main thing. I think the most important thing is that you need to show people that they can do whatever they want to do if they're just dedicated. Yeah, she had the dedication and it was all her work. That's the thing. I can only be proud of her. So I think that's the really nice things that I've learned in the past years. And how did you start? I know that if I would have been not doing my PhD, I would have been probably being in a job where someone else tells me what to do, who's like probably less skilled than me. And I was just thinking that this is probably not the route I want to go. I just felt like I was always interested in science and I was always wanting to do research. But I knew if I'm not doing the PhD, I'm probably going to be just like someone who does all the research, but not the one who decides about it. And I always wanted to be deciding about my own project, shaping my own project, developing my own project. So I think that was the main motivation why I pursued my PhD. And I think, yeah, it was in the end a good decision. (laughs) Cool. I mean, in science, it's probably a bit more common to do your PhD. Mm. And especially if you want to be more in like a leadership role later on. So I think it was just a career step which I took because... I'd like to be a little bit higher on the career ladder yeah. if that's... But I feel like it's also a good... I think it's nice it to is say that. Thing, like, if, if you are like a little bit more competitive or... Yeah, like you have ambition and, also, and you work for yeah, achieving no. what you want to achieve. And uh, were there any important figures, any person who really played an important role in that? Yeah, there's my boss himself. He's a man. <laughs> like, yeah. He's uh, not my female person that I can look up to. But I had like... My team was like... It's just so many women and men who decide as well about my project. Like my panel uh, chair, she's a very successful woman and 
she was super supportive. And also my boss, he doesn't, I truly believe he doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. He just wants you to do well. And he obviously yeah. gave me the chance because he believes in me. And I think that's the nice thing about academia is really you feel like there is no such thing as, uh, yeah, yeah, as misogyny. It's just like... Mm people try to help you and people really try to help you in your development and not stop you but also let you swim a little bit alone you get support but you need to really work yourself and that's yeah. i think what i wanted I yeah mean, a lot of independence yeah and, which like, is great i mean it's kind of like sometimes a bit hard and sometimes you struggle with it but yeah did you have a lot of challenges when doing your phd like especially i guess you could expect a quite huge amount of work before starting your phd so I think the main issue is that you're always thinking of yourself, you're not doing enough and you're always thinking. Uh, yeah. So it's more like a self-criticism. And I feel like what helped me is to talk about that to my peers, like my panel. Luckily, we have a lot of meetings. We have every half a year checkup. But still, sometimes it, it just helps to just send an email and say, can you please support me? Because mm-hmm. that's the main thing. You have to plan yourself and you have to do a lot of work yourself. But you're not alone. You can always get help from others. Or also the other people I work with in the lab, the other PhD students. I made great friends. And not only the people I started with, but also the new students which came to our lab. It's great now that I'm working together with Grace, who's my co-worker. And she started uh, a year after me. And now she asks me the question, which I used to ask our old mm, colleague. Yeah. And it's just great to see the development. And you get more and more competent just naturally. And I feel like, yeah, that's just the best thing to see how much you progress. And I think sometimes when I'm down and sometimes when I feel nothing works and that's going to happen, especially in science, it's unfortunately a lot of time is spent not doing the right thing or doing right or it's not successful, the hypothesis you're following up. But I don't know when you think how far you came and what you achieved so far, it always motivates me again. I will, yeah. I can finally give a summary when I'm finished in like a few months, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah. And was there something that was easier than what you thought it would be? I thought it would be much harder to, in the end, to connect to my colleagues at the beginning. I was really scared that it would be very competitive and I had to basically give 100% and work day and night and really try to force my way through because I feel like in labs that I've worked before, it was much harder, the competition. And that's the nice thing that I've been lucky as well with the position I got and with my colleagues because they all want you to do well. And my boss, obviously, he wants to support me as good as he can. And I feel like if you're working in an environment like that you're just doing better work and I think that's yeah also something if I were to become a PI at one day and lead my own students then I would really try to teach them in a way that they're happy to work and they are like excited and they want to work for me rather than they're scared of me at the beginning I was really worried that I'm just not delivering and people would be disappointed but I think now this is just much better and I'm lucky that I have people who support me yeah that's great to have a great working environment that's so important yeah And also, yeah, that people believe in you and you're not, especially not because you're a girl, you're not Mm. less. People take my advice and respect me for my opinion. Also, yeah, with the coding that they actually believe that what I'm doing is good and what I'm doing is the right thing and not that they say, oh, you can't do it because you're a girl. And is there something that makes you very proud of you in your PhD? 
Yeah, I mean, I think really what makes me proud is that I think I have so many people who are happy to work with me. Mm-hmm. Not only my master's student, but also my co-workers who ask me questions and who really value my opinion. And I think that just being like helping them and they help me and having an environment that makes me happy to work with and people I can like have a beer after as well and just have a good time. And I actually really enjoy going to work. And I think that's the thing I'm the most proud of that we're just enjoying our life together and enjoying our work time and not just like trying to get it done as soon as possible. Yeah, cool. Well, I think you mentioned earlier that after your master's, it was yeah. kind of the natural way to get your PhD. So was there a long time between the moment when you first thought about doing your PhD and starting it? So the funny thing is, I thought after my bachelor's, I could maybe just go and get a job. But then as soon as I started my master's, I thought, okay, now I want to actually pursue this career and I really like science. And yeah, it was nice as well that my family was actually very supportive in that moment because I was thinking, should I do a master's? Because I, after my bachelor's, it was a lot of pressure and I was struggling a little bit and I wasn't sure if I just want to have a normal job and peace and not staying in academia, being a student, having no money, having exams, having lots of high workload and still like trying to just barely survive, especially because, yeah, you don't really get student support in Germany so my parents had to pay it so also felt bad for my parents I was working the whole holidays to kind of support them as well and to finance my life yeah but then I thought when I made the decision I want to continue I want to do my master's then I was like well but I want to be a scientist I want to do research so for me it was then quite natural to start applying for PhDs because I just knew that this is what I really love and that's very important that if you really want something try and do it and obviously you will always struggle with sometimes and think is it the right decision is this gonna be not too hard for me will I actually be successful or am I even good enough and I think yeah it's important to just have people around who can help you doing the decision and in the end I mean you can't lose really anything from trying in worst case I also thought if I don't like the PhD I knew it can be hard some people work in environments which are really toxic and have crazy workloads and supervisors who are horrible and who don't really support them and I was worried about this but I talked to my mum and she literally said to me well in worst case you can always come back in worst case you can stop what you're doing and well like you have nothing to lose And I think that made me like pursuing it and not being scared of it anymore. Yeah, I was really lucky that I had people who were supportive all the way through. Yeah. If you had one advice to give to someone who wants to start a PhD but isn't sure, what would it be? I think the main thing is don't start anything you're not really excited about. If you're excited about the topic, it's gonna be good no matter what. And I think also it's good to really check if you like the people you will work with because it's gonna be three years and it's in a normal job you can just like search for another job. Whereas with a PhD you kind of have to get along with your supervisor for the whole time. So I think it is very important to know the people you're working with kind of supportive, uh, want you to progress and don't think you're not good enough, definitely. I mean, obviously they wouldn't hopefully hire you if you're not good enough. Yeah. But And yeah, the second thing is really if you're excited for the project you should definitely think about it because it's fun and it's also it's low pay for a while but then in the end you get so much more out of it i think it's great as well in the end for like job opportunities especially yeah if you want to be a little bit higher in the leadership in like scientific areas it's great and the good thing about academia is it's very supportive as well for like later on if you want to have kids as a woman it's i think a great environment to work in and still be recognized and still be not sort of pushed off because you need time off for children so I think it's a great area to work 
Yeah, and a good balance between professional and personal life. Yeah, definitely. It's just an also nice that, yeah, your skills are evaluated rather than just your sex or how you look like or where you're from or, yeah, what's your background, what's your religion. There's no questions about this. It's just, oh, if you do you have passion for science? And that's the great thing. I think scientists are more connecting more, like, with science rather than anything else. And that's, yeah... It's great as well to see how different our backgrounds are. Like yeah. the other PhD students I work with or postdocs or even PIs. Everyone's from all over the world and that's, yeah, it's exciting to work with so many people from different backgrounds. Yeah, you learn so much thanks to diversity. Like, yeah, it's great. It was... No, and I feel like, I think luckily that academia is pushing diversity quite well. I mean, it's probably still not great. And unfortunately, I think there was a, a survey going on that asked students to rate their professors. And sadly, apparently, middle-aged wild men got the best scores because obviously people, especially students, have still this thought of a scientist as being some men with like white hair in their lab coats mm. and... Like Einstein. Yeah, like Einstein, literally. (laughs) So that's a little bit the sad thing. Although the university tries a lot to promote diversity, to, to promote having scientists from all over the world. I think still there's this mindset of students that a professor has to be a man in their 50s, 60s. We have to, as women, we have to work together to change this mindset. We have to really focus that women are seen in science and not only in biology, where women actually luckily play a big part. So I think it's right now almost 50%, even in higher mm-hmm. positions of women, saying that I think really when it comes to the PI level, like the, on the professorship level, there needs to be definitely more done in, in promoting diversity. But I think biology is one of the subjects where you find a lot of uh, women in STEM, whereas maths, bioinformatics, mm-hmm. uh, physics, chemistry, it's still a highly male-dominated domain. And I think it doesn't have to be because there's so many smart young women out there. But I think we really need to change the mindset of students, or like even children, or yeah, um, yeah, school students, not thinking that the chemist is a crazy guy with white hair, like Einstein, or a physicist is some guy like from the Big Bang Theory, with with glasses and like nerdy clothing and and no social skills. So I think, yeah, I think we really need to change our mindset in that area. That's so interesting, honestly. Yeah. I asked all my questions. Is there something else you want to say about your project, about your PhD, about, mm. or about anything else, actually? Is there something else that you want to add? Yeah, I think it's just never listen to people who want to bring you down and want to make you be a person that they want you to be. Because what's the point? You only live once, which is the older I get, the more You're I think alone. about the sentence. Yeah, literally. And I'm... Yeah. I'm really thinking now, well, I only have this life. I need to do whatever I want to do. I need to pursue the career I want to pursue. I want to live the life I want to yeah, live and not just someone else's vision of what I should be or what I have to be. And I think, yeah, that's important. We all have to be proud of what yeah, we're doing. And if you love science, since I'm a child, I wanted to be a scientist. And I'm so glad now that I chose this route because that's what I really wanted to do. And I think if you want to be an artist, be an artist. If you want to be going to finance, I don't know much about finance, but <laughs> I think it's it's great. Like we need more women any everywhere. Like, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That's so great to hear. And I definitely agree with everything you said. Well, yeah, we've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for everyone who's listened. Thank you so much, Cinzia, for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was really great to talk to you. It was great to listen to you. That was super interesting, (laughs) really. 
I um, hope it wasn't too scientific. No, no, no that was I think so I didn't like try to talk about <laughs> too much what I'm actually doing. Like you didn't mention yeast. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, I should give credit to the yeast. All the yeast and yeast doesn't judge. Yeast is actually neither female nor male. So yeast is actually the the organism. They have a and alpha as sexes. They do have sexes though. Oh, but they're beautiful. They grow together when they want to mate so that's how we should all be we should not be <laughs> we, should we should just be grow yeast. together as an entity as men and, and women not yeah. being like aliens from a different planet <laughs> yay yeasts as the guest you get the very last word so the mic is yours don't sit around at home just do whatever you want to do because that's more fun <laughs>